more ice rinks uh, in town. Sure. And and I'm like, yeah, why not? Let let's spend taxpayer money. I'm all in favor of of this, uh, even though it's like a money sink for the city. I don't give a shit. Just build fucking more of them. Let's have more ice hockey players. Do you mean warming houses? Because I assume that all of Sweden is basically an ice rink. Not of the not enough of this country is covered in ice. Let's get a little more out there. <laughs> Is it your job to develop some of that ice rink and turn it into other stuff? I interpret my job as being as taking other stuff and turning it into ice rinks. <laughs> this was a shelter for the homeless. Now it's an ice rink. Now the homeless can go ice skating. <laughs> but we're so hungry. Too bad. Go skating. Did Rose find her phone ring? Yeah. Did I tell you guys about the time I lost my phone on Camelback Mountain on a date? You did. I don't know if you told us on the show, but you definitely told us. Oh, okay. Does Ryan sound loud to you, Thomas? Ryan, speak. <laughs> Hello. It's like talking to a dog. Good afternoon. What can I do for you? Welcome Hello. To good the... afternoon. What? what can I do for you? Am I? No, as... you, you, you both sound good to me. Okay. All right. I don't know. All right. Uh, should I turn the? Should I? Should I gain the gain down? It doesn't. <laughs> Turn it right side up to figure out which way is down. I think that was it. I mean, I know what's going to happen now. Like, I'm barely going to be audible. And that was... That was my strategy. Yep. Indeed. Well, I turned it up, so... Honestly, I think Thomas tells us that he's going to edit an episode just to hold, like, to hold himself accountable. He's like, I'm going to edit tomorrow. Like, and there's like... like No, no, no. There's a a 40... There's a 40% well, you chance do that he Patrick do does. It. Where Patrick, where you remember when Patrick made that bet that he was with? <laughs> I'm not giving you money. That's, give that's give us bad. your money, Thomas, and then we'll give it back to you if you meet your deadlines that you set for yourself. Uh, I am truly sorry that I haven't been on top of editing. Things are better now. I released two afterglows today, but things are looking up. I listened to both of them. You're doing great, Thomas. One of one of them was one of them was fun. So what have you been on top of? Diana. No, but so which one was uh, good, Ryan? Princess Diana? <laughs> oh my gosh, necrophilia. I'm not into that. Uh, what'd you ask, Thomas? Which one was good? The one with Adam and Steven? I don't think it's, I don't think it's for me to say. Which <laughs> one not. I don't know. No, the Three yeah. Ninjas thing was funny. I've heard that, that clip before of uh, that guy who broke down the basketball game. <laughs> Three Ninjas. Well, what was that, Chris? Uh, like, what was that? Clip he from? does that for like so many movies, or he did. I don't. I, mean, I don't remember what his name is, but he breaks down, <laughs> and it's it's a ludicrous scene like that. And you uh, refused to look up his name because you didn't want to give him any credit, right? That's right. Bernie Belvedere has a fantastic uh, tweet thread on on like the first thirty minutes of of Three Ninjas. It's amazing. Oh, that's right. I was like in the middle of reading that when you sent it, and then something happened. And I, like when I went back to Twitter. So you like, were already like, reading it when there. I sent you were already reading it when I sent it to you. Yeah, I was reading it. And then you said, I was like, yeah, it's there. Do you guys remember when we used to actually pay attention to CPAC? What was there? Such was a time it in like, um, that seems like a lifetime ago. It Thomas. did, but yeah, it, I mean, it, it was, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I was, it was never like a huge deal to me, but I know that there are, at least a couple times where I watched maybe, uh, you know, a few uh, speeches like online or whatever. Once upon a time, I used to, I used to actually pay attention. I, I used to tune in for speakers that I thought that I actually enjoyed and liked, and I wanted to hear what they had to say. And I would watch them. Sure. And then, yeah, yeah. And then today, uh, Jim Swift uh, shared, <laughs> shared a tweet of a one minute clip of Ted Cruz speaking at CPAC today, where, I don't know, he is on some sort of rant about the constitution and rights and whatever. And then he ends it by just like he quotes Mel Gibson from Braveheart shouting freedom at the end of the clip. And it's just like- What what is wrong? It's even worse than his haircut. And then there was this golden statue of Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I know Thomas, uh, you don't necessarily know your Bible all that well, but I mean, it's what's funny about the golden statue is like that's literally like a great sin of of Israel in the wilderness once they were saved from Egypt. 
I don't know if this was in Prince of Egypt or not, but like they constructed a golden calf because they were bored when Moses went up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. They they made this graven image, which which angered God. And, um, and, yeah. Oh, I was, I was recently, not that long ago, reading the book, um, Misreading Scripture with Individualist Eyes. And he talks about how um, when uh, Jesus, when the Jews found out that Jesus wasn't going to be a military leader and, you know, uh, conquer the Romans, they were super pissed because that's what they thought he was going to do. And the book describes their attitude as being like so angry with him for not fighting and so when they're like well do you want jesus or do you want barabbas and he described their attitude as like well give us barabbas sure he's done some bad stuff but at least he fought the romans and then the that and, sounds and that's, similar that's like what the the defense of trump is yeah sure at least he fights he fights yeah. all right we should we should uh we should start huh ryan what are you drinking um seagram's seems kind of communist no it's um it's that same what did i have last time statement statesman okay so it's not seagram's <laughs> uh, i was trying okay. to think of a, like a really like, like crappy okay. but i couldn't but like i, I, I just I could not see you going to the store and being like i'm gonna get some canadian whiskey i'm gonna get some seagram's like because i don't even think it's like the the cheapest it's i think it's somewhere like in the middle i was trying to think of what the cheapest one you could get was but i couldn't the one, the one that comes to my mind is Southern Comfort. Like everyone hates Southern Comfort because because they had a bad experience at college and they drank in college because it was Comfort cheap. Is, I think Southern Comfort is probably better than Seagram's. Yeah, yeah. Or I think they're probably about the same price. I I, I have actually, some really dog shit ones. I have never tried. I have never tried Southern Comfort because I just imagine that it's terrible. The worst whiskey that I have ever actually drank is. Crown Royal Maple, and it was it. I I I can't even describe. Like imagine maple flavored shitty whiskey. What's just? What Canadian was like? Let's just. How about how about how about whiskey? Except, and, and give me honest, maple syrup isn't that good either. <laughs> I'd rather have, you know, Aunt Jemima, or. Uh, yeah, I disagree. Culturally I, appropriate. Is- Maple syrup is superior to regular syrup on pancakes. Okay. Well, but not so, in not in other things. Okay. So one of you, Mr. Potato Heads, how about you guys give me a countdown? One, two, three, two, one, go. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast. We are happy that you are joining us for yet another episode where we are going to be talking about one of my favorite movies, or at least one of my favorite movie categories. Uh, I am Thomas, joined as always by Chris and Ryan. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SSEU pod. You're proud of yourself for that pronunciation, aren't you? <laughs> I wish the listener could see the grin on your face when you said slash. And how many emails do we get? People like trying to find the slosh key on their <laughs> computer. Ryan, did we not get an email the other day from someone wanting to? What did they want? Uh, he wanted us to f- f- sign up for one of those. Like we, these stupid emails we get all the time uh, that these guys like pitch some kind of service to like anybody with a podcast and pretending that they're going to get you like um, some kind of, he wants you to get us to be, he wanted, yes. he wanted us to he be wanted... part of some kind of network that he started to like help, uh, you know, podcasters like promoting each other. And I'm like, that's not how it, I, <laughs> right. right. I don't want to... Where the fuck is that email? I don't know. I'm clearly, probably... clearly you're not at inbox zero. Because he replied, Ryan, what is the flagrant ones? Like, I get all these Hollywood handbooks, um, basketball okay. podcasts. It's actually really good. Like when I signed, I assumed okay. it was going to be them talking about basketball being stupid, like they are in Hollywood handbook. They have, they are like, they talk about basketball like the way we would talk about basketball and other sports, like really okay. smart. And it's so it's, it's, it's really good. Uh, so this Alex 
San Filippo. Filippo. Um, he said, I found your podcast while searching. I've been searching through a ton of podcasts to find active hosts and just came across your show, The Weekly Standard Expanded Universe, and wanted to reach out and invite you to join Podmatch for free. Podmatch automatically matches ideal podcast guests and hosts together for interviews. Even if you're not looking for guests, you can sign up to be a guest on other people's podcasts to grow your show. As the founder, I wanted to send you the link so you can create a free account. Have a great day. Yeah. Wait, um, so, you, so you don't want to sign up to be a guest on other people's shows? Yeah, more work. That, you think that if we got exactly if we like signed up for I this want. and some dipshit said they want to come on and promote their podcast, we would be like, okay, sure. No, yeah, cook, cooking with with James. Yeah, but James, no, tell but us about your show. How 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 do we find guests? Have you have you written for the bulwark? Were you ever <laughs> were you ever associated with the weekly standard? Yeah, you can come on the show. <laughs> yeah, if you have, I will. Uh, spend several months bothering you <laughs> until you do, come on. Do you have a man bun? Uh, wait, I assume you brought this up because you want me to read this, what I sent him. Uh, how about you summarize it? Mm. Essentially, well, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I said, will you please stop coming, screwing around and get over here? The toilet at this point is overflowing with poop sewage back up. It's bubbling up nearly a foot above the rim. Looks like a filthy geyser. <laughs> You said you'd be over in an hour and it's been three hours. And while you claim you're finishing up other jobs, this is now the seventh fake email address you've created to troll me with some made up product. I really regret, regret signing that exclusive overall deal with your plumbing business. If I could legally hire another plumber, I definitely would after the third or fourth fake email. I am begging you, please hurry over here. Stop the flow. Stop the flow. Oh, this didn't make sense. Stop the flow of sopping wet brown apples into my home the carpet the the carpet in the hallway outside the bathroom resembles a fecal slip and slide (laughs) please 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 ryan i have a question for you Uh, between your posting on next door emails like this uh mm. emails to uh etsy Messaging like as, how many hours a week do you or how many hours a month would you ballpark you that you're know. that you spend writing emails like this oh i thought you're gonna ask like uh, parenting my kids because that's what's really taken the, the hit. <laughs> we are available sure. on the- dad wasn't around but they'll have all these you know i'm saving all these things for them that someday Oh, this is what he was doing. This is what he was doing. He's being a jackass to <laughs> strangers. Joke emails to strangers. Uh, Thomas, how was your President's Day? What? What? What did, you, what did you do to celebrate President's Day? What? We talked about this already. No, we didn't because I don't know what this is. We talked about our President's Day. Or no, we, we, no, we asked what you were going to do. You asked him like four weeks ago, do you celebrate <laughs> President's Day. So what did you do for President's Day? We don't have presidents. We have kings. Well, but America has presidents. So what did Sweden residents, what did citizens of Sweden do to celebrate? To honor us. Us, yeah. Oh, absolutely nothing. Oh, well, you didn't that's... you didn't like, you know, open a bunch of mattress stores and have <laughs> some sales? What? I made what? that joke. I made that joke last time. I don't know what to say. What is President's Day? Apparently it was recently since Chris has brought well, it up. It's it's been weeks since we've recorded. We have not recorded since President's Day. Um, so I've I've been watching lots of movies, lots of TV shows. I wanted to update you guys on on some of the stuff that I've been watching. Ab- so, about ab- ab- about presidents. About President's Day movies about President's Day. <laughs> I'm I'm making a transition. <laughs> Dave is is Dave a movie about President's Day? No, it's his genre, like Christmas movies, you know? On President's Day, we're going to draw the name, and that man will be president for a day. President's Day movies, you know, like Leap Year, like Leap Year movies. Leap Year, you know. Uh, No, I want to talk. Leap Leap Year movie? (laughs) I I loved Ides of March, but go on. Did we talk about the disaster of the Ides of March that came out in those, the emails when the Sony hack happened? And George Clooney's emails. Now he was just like, 
<laughs> yeah, I really fucked this thing up, and it's just a real mess. Hopefully, we can, we can just like make our money back. <laughs> <laughs> the Sony hack was the best. I'm 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 opposed to hacking, but that was the best. All right, your movies. Well, okay, so Thomas kind of inspired me. Uh, so Thomas shared in a recent episode about how he watched wall street and wolf of wall street and all that stuff. So I decided, you know, I, I had been talking about short squeeze and I had meant to actually watch, I'm sorry, not short squeeze, uh, the big short. short. So I finally watched the big short. So how, how did you like it? I liked it. It was great. I I mean, I I feel like I've been saying the same thing recently talking about movies like Argo and this and that, like the cast for the big short is amazing. (laughs) I yeah. mean, you have, and and I think we talked about this when we when you guys talked about the, the Big Short, uh, how much you love Jeremy Strong and and just Brian Gosling and everybody who's in it. Uh, but I mean, yeah. the, the movie you love the performance of of um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Um, yeah, the fake I, I put in. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. I but, let's but, re, let's rehash all of our jokes. Uh, he had part of his leg removed for pretending oh, you. I can't um, remember. I forgot. But um, anyway, so I, I watched it, and and it is an infuriating movie, and it made me like basically become a Bernie Sanders voter. Yeah, okay. well, isn't it like like towards the end of that movie, like when when it is obvious that everything is collapsing, and they're still not able to like cash out, like no one is realizing that the jig is up. Like the, well, it like the, the ratings agency, right? The ratings agency yeah. are like yeah. in on it. Yeah, yeah, they're in on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, what do you want saying, us to do? If we don't rate them highly, they're going to go to a different right. agency. Yeah. And it's infuriating that all these people are profiting off of what was truly was like financial ruin for, for tens of millions of Americans. So I, I was for 12 hours a Bernie Sanders voter. And then I watched The Wolf of Wall Street. And what I learned from that movie is that if you do bad things on Wall Street, Coach Taylor is going to lock you up. And so I think everything's fine. But then you get to write a book and Leonardo DiCaprio plays you in a movie and then you get to go on speaking tours around the country and he has his own like web show now that's super popular. He reenacts scenes from Wolf of Wall Street, the real guy, the Jared. Um, what's his not Jared? What the fuck was his name? Um what are you thinking who, about? He who Leo played a, the, the guy dresses that played... up in a wolf suit and mm-hmm. plays wolves right. in sure. nursery rhyme movies. Fuck, don't be a dick. You know I don't do this. I don't make jokes when you're trying to think of something. What what was his name? You just watched it. How do you not know what the main character's name was? Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort now has Jordan is, Belfry is like uh, super popular. He has like a highly rated like podcast web show and but he reenacts scenes from the wolf of wall street now he served a full three years in prison mm-hmm. he yep. paid his debt to society did. i trust the system now but, i am i am anti-bernie but, so, so but then we can see jonah hill's you talked about jonah hill's penis last week and I, then you watched a movie that had jonah hill's fake penis you know, it was, was so a, disappointing that was a dildo right uh, I say so, wasn't looking at the screen during that that scene, and I was not going to rewind it. It's been on my mind too much anyway. But so, so here's the thing about uh, the Big Short. So, the Big Short, the director, of course, is Adam, Adam McCabe. McCabe. Adam uh, McCabe. Adam McCabe. Adam McCabe, who has also written the script for Ant Man, Anchorman Two, The Other Guys, Step Brothers. Like he is—he's a great he, comedy uh, writer and director. He, he is, and like I—I I probably agree with like politically on the issues. I probably agree with him on one out of ten, if that. But he is a terrific movie maker. Well, but he, his, his critique of Wall Street is is quite good. I mean, like this is why JVL refers to himself as a commie is because like the fact that, that people, so many people benefit from betting against the system and um, just the corruption of, of wall street. When you see that it's, it's terrible. I mean, I think Michael Lewis should get like just a fraction of the credit for that. Who, who's Michael Lewis? Is he the one who wrote the novelization of, of he was movie? a sprinter for a while? No, he wasn't. He was a point guard for <laughs> IU in the nineties. 
Michael Lewis. He's a lefty. Then, He's a red then, lefty. Was, then he watched The Big Short and he wrote a book about it. Was mm-hmm. he the? Yep. Is that the 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 son of Carl Lewis and Michael Johnson? Yes. Somehow science allowed them to have a son together. Wait, a, wait, hang on. Michael Michael Lewis is the 100 and 200 meter sprinter, right? That's what I said. He was a sprinter. Okay. He was also a basketball player for IU. Uh, okay. All right. In the late in the late nineties. I am also a, a fan of of British police procedurals. I talked about DCI banks. Yeah, uh, we've not been trying to, to talk you out of that, but it's not yeah. Working. Well, flag flag Taylor, friend of the show, uh, found out that. <laughs> wow, I, demoted from executive producer <laughs> to friend of the show. <laughs> uh, he has not been doing a whole lot. He's of been he's lately. been spending way too much time on his job, and you know, teach whatever he does. At I don't know. Does he have a family? Does he have school, kids or college, or whatever it is? school yeah he's a guidance counselor i think mm-hmm. um <laughs> um but anyway so he recommended a show called the unforgotten and uh this this show has some differences but also some similarities so so first off like this all the british shows what's interesting about the way that their police work at least on the shows is that they take suspects into a interrogation room and they don't have like good cop bad cop they don't they don't got bad cop they don't offer plea deals. They don't. What they do in all of these shows is they tell the suspect all of the evidence that they have and just hope that that person confesses. I swear to you, that is their procedure. In every episode of every show, they're like, here is the evidence we have. And then they're like, you should probably just tell us like what happened. <laughs> They don't, they don't, they don't offer you any incentive. They're not like, well, we'll reduce your sentence. They're like, just, why don't you just tell us the rest so we can just like get, get done with this. And I don't if know they, if I'm against this. If, if they don't, if they don't confess, they just like go get more evidence and then they'll bring it back into the room and they'll be like, oh, well, we put this together and like, we now know this and they, uh, it, uh until they actually are, are like, okay, fine. I confess. Like, you're right. Like I did it. Well, what's interesting about this show, the difference is the lead of the show is a lady. She's a lady DCI and she's, um, she like has a British NPR voice and um, she kind of sets the tone for the whole show and everybody, everybody on that police department in that squad, they, they speak with the same um, uh, uh, kind of stuttering uh, British NPR um, the, and, and it's very, uh, there's a lot of ums. And uh, uh, so if you would, uh, it, like it's 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 unbelievable. It, it is so good. Um, I recommend it. It's called The Unforgotten. Yes, Thomas. I like this. I li- I like the description. British NPR voice, and and it's so not intimidating. You know, like we think of cops right. as these brash. <laughs> right. You know, where she's just like, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, here's this evidence we have against you. Um, uh, and 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 it's ill. It's Does wonderful. Does this look like your semen? <laughs> So anyway, that's that's what I've been watching. I love it. Everyone should go watch The Unforgotten. It is available on I forget Amazon Prime, maybe Amazon Prime. I think. Can someone ask me how my week has been? I asked you about President's Day. Uh, no, but we... like uh, better. Okay, question. I'll pretend to care about your uh, how you are, Thomas. If if you can do it like super quick, um, can you tell me how you've been? I, I have been great, Ryan. So one of the things that I appreciate the most about being back in Sweden is that the entire country actually has its priorities straight. It cares about certain sports more than others. So yesterday we were supposed to have a meeting and someone who was supposed to participate in that meeting, not me, realized that, oh, that meeting is going to be during one of the finals during the cross-country world championship. So let's move that meeting half an hour. And we moved the meeting half an hour so we could watch the sprint finals in the world championship, which, which on the latest side, Sweden won. Is this the skiing and shooting one or just... No, or, that's bad. They don't even, have, they don't even do the, ski, the shooting. So it's... This it's is just, just the skiing. Just the skiing. Question, how long is a cross-country skiing sprint? I mean, what, what's a sprint? Oh, the, what does the that even mean? It's like, yeah, I don't know, it's, maybe it's two kilometers. I'm not sure. It's short. Okay, well, that's it's not helpful. How hard. many how many miles or feet or fathoms? Aren't, aren't standard skis two kilometers? 
<laughs> How many leagues? Uh, a sprint is 1.4 kilometers. Again, not helpful. <laughs> I, I, I don't I can't. know how to how, make it more sensible. How could, how could, be, how could like, how many, here's these, here's these, how many like, pounds is that? Seven, put these seven foot long things on your feet and see how fast you can run over there. <laughs> you guys need to care more about this because women like Jessica Diggins is one of the world's best sprinters. Like she, she got up to like, she got up to like eight and a half miles an hour there. Question, question. Can you wear the skis on your back as you're sprinting? I think I can run faster without skis. She, she's at least in the top 50. I want like, to do she's an event actually good at this. it's the ski, the sprint skiing. They're all in skis. I'm on a track running. <laughs> the point here is that I am able to watch the sports that actually matter during work hours. And it is amazing. You say this is the sports that actually matter. We literally found out, you know, two weeks ago that you cared at all about biathlon, flat skiing events. I would like my you skiing events to have a hill to and a jump. You you don't care about my preferences or my wants. Oh, the, the only thing as typical Americans that you guys care about is yourself. We and, asked and you that is if tragic. you saw the baseball game. We ask you if you watch the Super Bowl. Baseball game. Who cares about these things? You, anyway, you told us about boob ball long before you talked to us about flat skiing. This is this is true. But so I have a list. If you were in a boob ball match. Would you get the day off work? <laughs> I, I I have a list. So after uh, the great the the Grand Bowl, uh, what do you call this event where where you crowned the victor in the NFL? Great. The Grand Bowl. The Grand Bowl. It's the Grand Bowl. Where the Tampa Bay Pirates beat the Kansas City Raiders or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. they're called. Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Warriors. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. The Chief right. Warriors. I decided to compile a list uh, of the greatest athletes of all time. Uh, and so so I, I, I have the list right here. Uh, number five. I, Stel- I Stellan Skarsgård. Americans seem to care a lot about this sport. So I Googled. I literally, I, I li- no. I binged. I literally binged. Who is, is, is Michael Lewis in the top five? Uh, he is not in the top five. I Googled who is the greatest NFL player of all time. And the answer is apparently Jerry Rice. Is that, is, is that correct? It's Tom Brady. That, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. So number five is either Jerry Rice or or this is a tie. It's either Jerry Rice or Barry Sanders. So that's number five. Uh, number I've four seen him for like two years. Number four is the greatest alpine skier of all time, Ingemar Stenmark. Lindsay, I'm pretty sure it's Lindsay Vaughn. <laughs> that's a woman. Number that's an adulterer. Number three is... Uh, he won the gold medal in adultery. <laughs> number three is Ule Einar Björndalen, who is the greatest biathlon skier of all time, winning all of the events at uh, the Olympics. Number two is the great one, also known as Wayne Gretzky, playing for the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers and uh, Los Angeles Kings. For the Salem's Blues as well. He did very good, Chris. Number one, of course. Who who do you think the number one athlete is? Michaela Schifrin. Serena Williams. Uh, Schifrin is that's that's a slalom skier, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's an American skier. Yeah, she, she she's good looking, but she's not number one. Uh, no, number one is uh, Maradona, of course. The Argentinian foot. Are we ranking reverse by height? Is that what we're doing? No. Maradona, he, he was short. short. I will give you that. But despite all of the coke that Maradona was chewing, inhaling? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yes. At the time. <laughs> he was notorious for chewing coke. <laughs> uh, despite all of the coke that he was ingesting at the time. He Maradona, was smoking coke He was gum. smoking lots of drugs. <laughs> he was the greatest footballer of all time. What he could do with a football is just amazing. What he did for the Argentinian football team, winning the World Cup, is just amazing. It's he, amazing so how he could hit the ball one. in the goal with his hand and not get called for it. 
It was amazing. That's a skill. Yeah. Did that happen? That, that yeah. happened. They call it the hand of God. Why would I know this? Whatever. Anyway, Ryan, I believe that you have something important to tell us. Is it that you, the list was crap? Number one. <clears throat> well, I was going to say before we got into, you know, silliness of the show that I had like ser- something serious to discuss, but it's too late for that, especially after that list. Um, but I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the whole Mr. Potato Head kerfuffle that happened over the last couple of days where um, Hasbro kind of announced that like, hey, you know, we're going to make potato head gender gender neutral now you know kids can call them whatever they want or they don't have to give them a gender and like some people got pissed and then some people don't even understand why it's a big deal and um normally i'm not one to go along with the mob but i I don't i think some people who don't like thomas Can, can, can we interrupt because like it starts with with transgender drag queen story hour and then suddenly mr potato head doesn't have a gender so ryan like can you not see the slippery slope here of course uh in you know that i think a lot of people don't understand um the major role mr potato head has played in like defining the ideal masculinity uh mr potato head has always represented that um rugged manliness uh everything about this potato just oozes masculinity and everybody knows that um and a lot of that's because <laughs> of mr potato heads just like breathtaking penis and testicles <laughs> that the toy has <laughs> you know i mean sure technically it doesn't have I- any genitals at all i mean but it does we all we see it um you know every single detail of the potato toy is just jammed with so much masculinity. There's not one of us that can close our eyes, imagine Mr. Potato Head, and not see just like a meaty python with between its legs with veins that can poke your eye out. And so I was curious if the Kinney Mr. Potato Head had an extra hole, but you're saying no. You're just this is just no, Mr. Potato Head comes to mind. Even, no, he doesn't have anything back there. Um, so he's got he's got ear really, holes and nose, a mouth, eyes, but not a peepee hole. Just a just a big just old a, dong, just like everybody else's, Mister Potato Head. And it's really a testament to the craftsmanship and um, design of the toy. And I don't think people know much about like the history of what went into designing Mister Potato Head. Like, in fact, the early prototypes did have. <laughs> did have a penis and balls on them like various and size right they manufactured well that's the thing they couldn't they, they went on for months they couldn't decide on one model of the penis of balls they manufactured dozens of different like um, to make the balls dongs even or different uneven. lengths girths yeah. different pee hole sizes <laughs> circumcised uncircumcised and, and, the, and the the fight got really contentious and the designers they dug in their heels because they they knew that the the man sausage and ball bag was the most crucial part of this potato toy they were making for children. <laughs> and it, it, it ended up, it had to go all the way to the top and the owner uh, had to come in and um, uh, hold on. I got to scroll here. What the fuck is this? Okay. Uh, the owner of the company, um, Goliath has <laughs> Goliath Hasbro. Goliath Hasbro, uh, uh, who was he's not only able to make a decision, um, but because he saw something um, that nobody else had seen until he pointed it out to them, he was actually able to get everybody on board, which was not a given because, I mean, these were guys, these designers considered themselves artists. They left mm-hmm. prestigious firms to come work on this. Um, <laughs> which is why they had to toy. stick to their guns. Because it's they, it's not just a... a a simple decision it's artistic it's, vision no i mean they knew oh when they heard about this they said i mean this is going to be michelangelo's david of the potato toy uh, world and you know as great as that sculpture is you know it's well known that michelangelo botched the dick on david <laughs> you know everybody who sees it they say this is great but what happened to the dick 
Like, where's the rest where, of it? You know, so, so who, like, who, was it cold out? So who is this? Uh, like, convincing these people is it? Is it John Lasseter? <laughs> like, because you realize this was a toy before Toy Story, right? It was really. Yeah, that was, that was after. Yeah, the oh. movies. And and, oh. and, and uh, his I, big penis was a big part of the Toy Story movies. Um, like, it's in there. It's it, it's subtext, but it's there. Um, <clears throat> but. Uh, <sighs> so anyway the designers were not happy that you know the artists weren't going to get the final say on it and they threatened to quit and sue um but goliath you know brought them all together (laughs) and you know they were you know brought everybody's executives and designers into a big boardroom and they just they had dozens of the potato head prototypes with different you know penises all attached to them so they could line them up and look at them and it, it they expected this to go on for days and probably not ever reach a solution, but actually it was solved pretty quick. And um, after a few hours, uh, just as the arguments were really starting to heat up and edging on, you know, just a violent brawl there in the boardroom, um, uh, Goliath kind of froze everybody when he said, we shouldn't put a penis and balls on this child's toy. And everybody was just silent. And then it, like they united against him. And so he said, look, look, just hear me out, and if by the time I'm done, I don't convince you, then I'll, I'll back off. I'll back down, and you guys can decide. And he says, like, uh, you know, there's so much big dick energy built into every, you know, it ounce of this toy already. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, I think trying to design the perfect, you know, penis or whatever and put it on this is not reality. And he said, okay, look, everybody close your eyes and everybody close their eyes and he clears all the other potato head models off the off the table and he just picks one and puts it in the middle he says okay when i tell you to open your eyes everybody look at this one for five seconds and i'm gonna tell you to close your eyes again so he does it and everybody looks five seconds he's close your eyes and he goes through each person in the room and has them like in as much detail as they can remember from just the glance they got describe the penis and balls that were on the one <laughs> he showed them and so everybody is just like giving all these like in great details of the of the penis and the balls and all that stuff. And what's becoming very obvious is that as they go on, everyone has like a wildly different description of it, which they were all looking at the same one. And so then he has everyone open their eyes again and look at it. And after about 20 seconds, it started to dawn on them like his point, because the model that he showed them like it didn't have a penis on it not a speck of penis on it anywhere but they saw it because it's there even when it's not there and so that that got everybody on his side um and that really like uh, you know defined the potato head toy i mean it's part of all the stories you know Anytime, like, you know, a, a child, you know, sits down for playtime with their toys, um, invariably the story of Mr. Potato Head revolves around his big penis. I mean, you know, like, oh, uh, Mr. Potato Head took Mrs. Potato Head uh, antique shopping and damaged thousands of dollars of antiques because he turned around too fast <laughs> is a common one that I've heard. So, um, you know, I kind of get where Hasbro was going with this, but... If I was ever playing with toys with a child and they were like, uh, hello, sit down for dinner, gender, neutral, gender neutral potato head. I'd say, oh, uh, did you not just hear his meat just hit the floorboards as he sat down under his chair? That's Mr. Potato Head to you. That's one. That's all. I did not realize we were going to get a full history lesson. Mm-hmm. Oh. How, how many Mr. Potato Heads have you given your kids, your children, Ryan? Not oh, as many. It's a it's a disgusting, disgusting toy. It's perverted. Like yeah. who would buy their t- kids a toy with a big old penis like that? Not as many as he's given Rose. Every year, a new Mr. Potato Head. Okay, moving on <coughs> uh, from whatever that was. Uh, <laughs> Chris, for this week, we decided to watch a movie that you have actually never seen before. Indeed. Uh, so uh, as listeners, <laughs> as listeners of the show might be aware, uh, I am a big heist movie fan. So I have seen this movie more times than I can count. 
uh, we recently had wow, and we're accounting podcasts, so we, yeah, we recently had Steven on the show, and Steven's favorite franchise of all time appears to be Pirates of the Caribbean. My favorite franchise of all time is probably the Ocean's Eleven franchise, or whatever number you want to put on it. The Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, the yeah, Indian all, Ocean, all the oceans, the Mediterranean. Yeah. Uh, all and, 11 oceans that's a sea yeah well so all, all the seas and all the oceans uh, i love those i love those heist movies i so, assume this includes the lady ocean movie, the movie we'll, about the get, lady ocean. We'll, we'll we'll get to that one so for this week we watched oceans 12 chris how did you like it i liked it you've seen oceans 11 previously i have yeah i'm trying to think if i've if I've seen it since it came out in theaters, I think I probably saw Ocean's Eleven in theaters. I did not realize how old these movies were. Um, both, mm-hmm. like at first, I was kind of shocked by the the cell phones and the style, like Brad Pitt in his shiny uh, <laughs> shirt. And stuff. Um, yeah, that may have been a little out of date even in the early two thousands. Because that's like, <laughs> well, I mean, even in Ocean's Twelve, they make fun of the way Brad Brad Pitt dresses. So. But I didn't realize that Ocean's 12 came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. Is, is that right? 2004? So um, I, I may not have seen Ocean's 11 since it was in theaters. Like my, you know, perhaps freshman year, sophomore year of college. Yeah. Uh, Ocean's 11 is 2001 and Ocean's 13 is 2007 or so. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting um, having a sequel. So the, the first movie, of course, as you're gathering this team and each person has their own uh, thing that they do, uh, I, having not seen it in forever, I didn't know any of these people. Um, I'm, I'm like, who's this guy? Who's like, I remember the Chinese acrobat guy. I remembered, uh, but like Bernie Mac disappears for like entire like lengths of film. Cause like, it's too big of a cast, right? Ocean's 12. It's like, you know, one of my complaints is that Bernie Mac should have been more emotional. Oh, he definitely should. Like, more Bernie Mac is always better. But like, with, with so many characters, it's it's just they were like, we just got to lock him in jail for like half the movie. So of course they picked yeah. the black guy. They picked the, they sent the black guy to jail. Yeah, uh, they wouldn't do that today. So um, my favorite characters, I, I don't, I don't know, favorite, but I've always liked the Casey Affleck um, and Scott Kahn. Like the only thing that Scott. Besides Varsity Blues, the only thing Scott Connors done that's good is the, play so, the idiot to Casey Affleck. I hate Casey Affleck. I, I think Casey Affleck is terrible. I want to punch him in the face whenever I see him. Hey, uh, is that only because wait, 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 Timothy whenever, Chalamet played the you young s- Casey Affleck in Interstellar? <laughs> like, you know they're not really the same person, right? Thomas, what do you mean whenever you see him? How often do you see Casey Affleck? Or does he live on your street? Whenever he, I see him, he yells at him every day. He walks by. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> but I, I, I do like the 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 Virgil Malloy, Turk Malloy thing in in Oceans. It's it sort of it sort of works. It, is that I, is that is that Scott Con and and or are these different yeah. people? Is that oh, their names it, in the movie? It, it, it's their names in the movie. Okay. Uh, okay. I, let's I, let's use the actors' names because I'm not going to remember that. Okay, I, I still want to punch Casey. Who's Danny Ocean, the Chris? Well, Danny Ocean, I know, is the Ocean Master. Uh, he he is trying to usurp the throne of uh, of um, of the drag dragon lady's husband. George Clooney did have to go live under the sea after this one <laughs> um, to hide out from the guy who danced. Away from the lasers. I, I totally agree. Um, Scott Kahn, it's it's funny because he's memorable in roles where he's just a dick. Like you just, you know, <laughs> he's he's so hateable, such a punchable face. And, and well, yeah, I wonder why that is. Is it because he grew up like a famous actor's son in Hollywood? <laughs> I mean, like uh like Ryan doesn't like to admit that he watched Entourage, but like he plays this perfectly hateable character in Entourage. Um in all of his roles that I've seen him in, he's he's is he in Hawaii Five O or something? I, I've I've not seen that show. Well, um, yeah, great, but he, he's great. very punchable. But um but yeah, and Casey Affleck, like the reason he's great in um assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford is because he's just kind of this beta kind of 
he's so annoying. Like he's just annoying. He's his person, whatever role it is, just annoying. So, so, want- so you don't like him on screen, like even in a role no. like this? No, okay. I just don't like him because I think that's. So, did you like he- Ghost? I've, or that maybe a ghost story? Ghost. He wears a sheet. In Ghost Story, he wears a, a literal sheet over his head the entire movie. That sounds like an improvement. I haven't seen that, but that, that sounds better. Then you don't have to see his face every day. No. All right. But, but so, so, Chris, so in uh, Ocean's 12, uh, the gang gets back together because they have been found out by Benedict and he wants to get revenge on them. Yeah, he wants his money back. He plus interest, interest. And he use, but... and he takes his cane and he puts it on their shoulder and he says, "I want my money back with interest." Because I use mm-hmm. a cane. He doesn't tell him how much the interest is. <laughs> right, he doesn't guess. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that is a point. Like at the end, I'm like, they give him like 198 million. I'm like, well, is that enough money? Because like he doesn't specify he what say, rate of no. interest. Yeah. It no, was, it, like, you have to hope. Like they're just ballparking. They're like eight uh, percent interest, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's a lot of interest. Like you can't guarantee a return of eight percent on an investment over that many years." Yeah, like it's very unclear because at some point in the movie, they they name the figure ninety-seven million or something like that, or maybe ninety-seven million is what they have lost. Or that's something. what they I, that's what they owe between all of them after like because right. they add up what they all still have in the the. The, the amount remaining would be 97 million. And what I learned from this movie is that it, that hotels drain <laughs> money because Brad Pitt has lost a lot of money on hotels that uh, what was their take from the, from 19 million and he owed 25. Yeah. So he lost 6 million on, on buying a hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know why he gets to count his, <laughs> his personal losses as part of the group. <laughs> While we're doing this, yes, let's can my, I just throw this on there too. Would you guys be willing to cover my losses on the hotel? <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one has a problem with it. They're like, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, no one second guesses that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, and here's the thing, though. Like, I think Hollywood is a little bit out of control, um, just with movie budget. So not only do they have to pay all these stars, like. I mean, it's fun watching them on screen. They have great chemistry. Brad Pitt and Matt Damon and George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Um, I mean, Tim Meadows is fantastic in this movie. Um, but uh, but they actually raised a house off the ground in Amsterdam. They 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 jacked it up. How much do you think that cost? <laughs> we still must... <laughs> Who did Tim Meadows play? Are you thinking? I, I don't of, know their name. Ladies man. Yeah, yeah, Ladies like. Man. He's that British black guy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Tim Meadows is in this movie. Uh, who again? Who plays? Who's um? Who plays Rhodey in Iron Man? It's Tim Meadows. Okay. The, I don't the, know if you're gonna say like Chris Rock, maybe. The War Machine is Tim Meadows from okay. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So, um, yeah. As long as you're not just like. You got you got one guy mixed up with one guy. It's not like you're just like plugging in any guy that might kind of. I'm sorry, like I I am forgetting you, myself. I I forget his name. Um, Rody. Um, do you mean Bernie Mac again? I'm efforting. Hang on, I'm binging because I can't. Re- like this frustrates me when I can't remember a name like this. Me too. Terrence should... Howard is Rody. I'm sorry, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard is not in Ocean's Eleven. Okay, so they are different guys. All right, I just wanted to... I was pretty sure they were different guys, and I wanted to make sure and clear that up. Okay, so Terrence Howard is in all the Iron Man movies. Tim Meadows is in the Oceans movies. Got it. Yeah, in Rain Over Me with Adam Sandler. (laughs) And he plays Earl the Goat Manigote. Didn't he have a a movie about owning a hotel, too? Hotel Transylvania. Rwanda? (laughs) No, that's Don Cheadle. Come on. Oh, okay. (laughs) so um anyway uh in in this movie another thing about uh, oceans 12 being just like super old guys i don't know if the young listeners to this podcast realize how hot Catherine zeta jones was for how like it was such a short period of time so we talked about the mask of zorro she came on the scene in 1998 and she was like gorgeous right yes yes and her reign in Hollywood lasted all of like six years. Really couch, couch that compliment 
to her. I hope she's not listening to this. So, yeah. so 1998, she's in The Mask of Zorro. 1999, she's in Entrapment and is, you know, looks great in a size two dress, right? Um, she uh, does that scene with the lasers um, and everybody, you know, goes crazy over it. And um, she's in Chicago. And then mm-hmm. by this movie, I guess maybe in my mind, this movie wasn't as old. Like in this movie, it's like, oh, like her career's over. Like she was, by this time, she was like in T-Mobile commercials. Like, oh, that's the lady from the T-Mobile commercials. She looks terrific in this movie. No, she looks great. Yeah. She, like, she looks name as many movies as you can after this that she was in. Uh, the Terminal. No Reservations. Red 2. Everyone's seen No Reservations. Red 2. What's No Reservations? No. But, but so, 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 no so, Reservations hey. is, is, is the prequel to Wind River. Here's the thing about Catherine. I, I, I think she looks great. Like, so, she does. She does. So, so Catherine is, for those who do not know, she's Welsh. Mm-hmm. And she's she, slosh. And she leaves Britain because she is constantly cast in these roles as just like the pretty girl or something like that. Like she's the pretty girl in a movie or something. So she leaves for Hollywood and she gets to do. And no longer is she the pretty girl in. <laughs> no, <laughs> like the, 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 the no. She, she's the pretty girl. She's the sexy girl. Okay. So she, she does the mask of sorrow. She does entrapment, the haunting traffic. She does all of her favorite movies, uh, America's Sweethearts, which we all love. Movies. I do uh, like America's Sweetheart. I know, I know that that's not a popular movie. Traffic. I like it. I don't remember she was in it though. You actually like America's Sweethearts? I do. Yeah. I just say this: Vincent Cassell did the laser dance better than she did in Entrapment. Who uh, who does she play against or uh, in in against in, in in America's Sweethearts? Who who's the main lead I in that? This. I don't even know what movie you guys are talking about now. Um, she plays against the other sweetheart of America. Is it John Cusack? Yes, yes, it is. It's John Cusack. Uh, then she does Chicago. Oh, I have seen that. That is that was pretty funny. It's it's it, a lot of people hate it. I think it's okay. It says Julia uh, Roberts is in that. Uh, then oh, she does. Okay. She, she plays the. Yeah, she does Chicago, which she actually gets awarded for because it's amazing. Then she does Intolerable Cruelty. Chicago. And then she does Ocean's 12. So she has a pretty good period for. She, she does. Yeah. But then, but what I was saying is like that, this was basically marked the end of it, right? Yeah. I mean, after that, it is, as I said earlier, it is the terminal. No they threw her and a rent. retirement party during the rap party of this movie. <laughs> she didn't even know it was a surprise retirement party. They gave her a lifetime achievement award. I, I think Catherine is great. She's, she's great. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to say anything bad about her. I'm just saying, like, I'm su- I was shocked at how she disappeared and became like the the, mm. the cell phone advertisement chick for like five years. But but she's- maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe she was raising kids. I don't know. Like like there are plenty of act- actresses. Like Michelle Pfeiffer disappeared. Like in the '90s, Michelle Pfeiffer. She was- gave her husband cancer. That may be on the unreleased episode. That will really. That will really. No, that was on the episode we just released. Was it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was after the movie draft. Maybe it's because she married uh, Michael Douglas and he wanted and her to be a stay She essentially at home. has to feed him and <laughs> bathe him. Well, I thought you were saying feed him in a different way, like in well, cancer, yeah, that, in cancer we, giving. Life. That's all he eats, though. Oh my God. Uh, about the Oceans movies and Oceans 12, I just, I think they're great fun. Most of the time, the script is really good. I think that the tempo is good. It has a terrific cast, a lot of great actors. Uh, and I just find them a lot of fun to watch. And it's the same with Ocean's 12. But but the thing that like Ocean's 12, it does more poorly than the first one is the scenes where they are supposed to be quote unquote, like more serious. There's this one scene where George Clooney and Brad Pitt are out in Amsterdam talking, like chatting on a bridge. And they're talking about how, oh, well, they're always going to be thieves or whatever. And it, it just doesn't work because it's not funny. Because what these movies do well is funny and quick. They, they don't do serious very well. 
I think you're probably right because I don't remember the scene that you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it's 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 a terrible fucking scene. But then right after that, Brad Pitt has this idea that, oh, well, they can just raise the building and it will work out. Again, like how much money do you think it cost them to go underneath that building and raise it just so they could and it was a and it was a dud of a mission. Like it like the silver fox or the the quick brown fox or whatever, like beat them to the the to steal the, the stock certificate thing. Night fox. Guy Fox beat them <laughs> to the thing. Thank goodness he, you know, put his money in escrow for them, as thieves commonly do when they <laughs> gamble against other thieves. <laughs> How how old? So do you remember the scene uh, at the train station where George Clooney has Casey Affleck? Guess how old he is? Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. He says uh, forty eight or something like that. No. Yeah, you, but like, how old was he? Like, was he that age that they was he? He was no. offended. George Clooney He's, was offended because they they assumed he was what fifty. They said yeah. forty. They said forty eight, and then they said fifty. Yeah, fifty-two or something like that. Do, do he you know was how... probably he was probably like forty-two. Yes, that is correct. George Clooney was forty-two when they filmed Ocean's Twelve. See, I've never understood. Like he's always had like he got gray hair early, didn't he? Yeah, he had gray he, hair in ER. Yeah. He has he has looked the same for yeah. very many years. So I have to say, like one issue I had as I was watching the movie is like just knowing how these movies work. Um, having only seen one of them is that they're going to do the heist and it's going to appear that it failed, but at the end they're going to be like, well, here's how it actually worked. Cause like they trick you. And so like the whole movie, like the whole time, I'm just like, I wonder what the twist is going to be like how they actually stole it. Right. Yeah. No, like- fully being arrested. Like it kind of lowered the stakes for me. Matt Damon's mom is in charge of Interpol. They didn't yeah. say that before. Yeah. Like, like here's, here is my issue with these movies is that what what I like about a lot of heist movies or a lot of a lot of British crime shows is that you can follow along and you can sort of guess what the actual story is. You have no idea here. Right. Suddenly it's Matt Damon's mom and manages to get them to escape from prison. And it's like, how was I supposed to know that? Yeah, yeah. I mean it's yeah, it's Kind of a deus ex machina, right? Thomas, do all, like, so you're a, a heist movie enthusiast. Do all heist movies do this to you, like trick you thinking that the, the heist failed, but in fact you see at the end the reveal of how they actually stole the thing where it looks like they're caught, but they're actually not because they snuck it out a different way or something? No, they don't. Soderbergh see, certainly seems to be. <laughs> is, yes. is, is that is that uniquely an Oceans thing? No, it's not. Have you seen Logan Lucky? I have, yeah. Yeah, it, so doesn't that do it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it it's a, I'm saying Soderbergh loves yeah, okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which normally, like, he he's like he does everything else so well that you 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 give him that one thing of that he's gonna do all this stuff off screen and trick you on purpose and you still enjoy it. But like, if you don't do it well, then people would like throw their drinks at the movie screen. Um, hey, so I, have a, I have a question for you, Thomas. What, what is Bernie Mac's character in, in the movie? What's his name? Frank. Frank. Okay. So we talked about this before, how mind blowing it was for me that Tess exists in a universe that has Julia Roberts. So, I mean, which raises all sorts of questions. Is there a Brad Pitt in that universe? Is there a Bernie? Is there Mac? a Matt Damon? Is there a Bernie Mac in that universe? And in that universe, is Bernie Mac dead but Frank alive? Uh, I, I had Did I just this, blow your mind, Ryan? Yeah. I had this joke lined up for episode where I would say that I, I I'm Thomas, but I'm playing this character who is actually playing a Swede, and <laughs> and it would be great. That's you're actually you're you're actually not you're actually not racist. You're you're just playing a you just play one on a, on a podcast no that that's what makes this movie so much worse is that they felt the need to have julia roberts play julia roberts being caught in the lobby of the hotel and then by saying bruce, like why did you think you pull this off it's like it, it's stupid but it's fun because of the performances like yeah they 
like they're they have enough fun with it that I don't care how stupid it is, really. And, and I'm trying to remember. So so like there are winks at other things. And like when Julie Roberts is arrested, she goes in there and there's two prostitutes in, you know, in there. And it's like a pretty woman reference. Right. Of course, the laser scenes. I feel like there are winks to Wait, like was she a prostitute meta in pretty woman. I thought I so. Thought... I've never seen Pretty Woman. I assume, I wasn't she prostitute Pretty Woman. Are you? Wait, you just blew my mind. Was she not? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I maybe have seen it, but I was just gonna pretend like <laughs> I think that's like a very very well known thing that she was a prostitute. In it. And I, was I was gonna, gonna say, say like, wait, I was gonna not, pretend like I watched it, but I had no idea what was going. <laughs> it's like literally like that would be a, that would be a really picks good her up, like picks her up on the side of the road and gives her money and i thought she was just like someone you could like have sex with and give them money or something. wait that's a pro that's what a prostitute is that's what a prostitute is, is that a pro okay ryan uh i was gonna put you on the spot mm -hmm. had i had a chance to not put you on the spot i would have you know they have all the names for the different like types of like we should do the winchester reacher and i'm not like they all the names for like the different types of robberies, right? They're like, should we do oh. the, the looky loo, the this, the that? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like in a writer's room, you could come up with like twelve of those that are convincing. Like, did you know what any of those things were, or, or were they things that writers just came up with? Like, oh, they had to be things that just like they were just like sounded funny, or... stupid thing yeah. that sounds funny, like the rusty deadbolt or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, like how would we find a list of those things? What would we type in to find uh, types of heists? <laughs> Thomas, don't you think Ryan could come up with a pretty good list of, of like, what did you say? Like the the rusty screw or the rusty deadbolt? <laughs> rusty deadbolt. We could try no. the rusty deadbolt or the or the. I see that this is not a talent I have. No, but but here's the thing about these names. You, oh, there's you know... a uh, heist. There's a heist name generator. Oh, nice! But now, damn it, it's for or no, no, yeah, it is. The it? the thing of the thing about these names is that you know which movie it made me think of. It made me think of Gone in sixty seconds, where Nicolas Cage and his gangs oh, just gives these cars these ridiculous names. Let me ask you a question um, that I'm genuinely curious about. So the Chinese gymnast kid. They put him in a duffel bag to get him out of the hotel and then accidentally Throwback. lose him. Like what was, first of all, what was the plan? And like, where did he go? And how long was he in that bag? Cause like they, they, they resolve it by like Brad Pitt walking into a hotel room. Uh, they suggest that he's, he might be here. He might be there. And they're like, Oh, he's in Madrid or something. And then Brad Pitt finally walks into a hotel room and he's jumping on the bed. Yeah, like how well, long, how long are we supposed to, how did he get there? Who brought the bag into the hotel room? And how long do you think, like, how many poops did he have while in the duffel bag? Is really the question I'm getting at. Because I, I no they're, they're like, because they're like, oh, he's fine. Like, he's got water. He's got air. What else does he need? Well, he's he's breaking the seams of the bag now. There's so much poop in here. <laughs> what I can tell you about Yen is that he is stuffed in a bag with an Arsenal logo. And then he's taken off to, I don't know, I, I assume maybe London. But they, George Clooney the, later, later. The thing, says about, that, the thing about Arsenal is they always try to walk it in. But uh, George Clooney at some point yeah, says that, that, oh, they're, they're in Barcelona. So I guess he's in Barcelona or Madrid or something like that. But yeah, he's in Arsenal bag. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're zipping all over Europe, right? Like, so they go visit Leclerc um, and then they go to, to the... Like they're all over the place. I'm confused. They're in Switzerland. They're in Italy. They're uh, they, they don't have a lot of time yet. They do a lot of traveling. I found the list of the ones that they use in Ocean's Eleven. They have a Bosky, a Jim Brown, a Miss Daisy. Who a Jim <laughs> Brown? What do you suppose that is? Is that like uh, the person? Well, no, this or... is list. Uh, Jim Brown, a Jim Brown. The confrontation between Frank Catton and Linus Caldwell staged to distract Terry Benedict so that Linus can lift. The security codes from the vault. It's just named for. Okay, that didn't. Yeah, I know it... what happened. It doesn't say why. Oh, that's where he where he gets the number. Okay, that's right. uh, an Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, in Ocean's Twelve, they do a Lost in Translation, Smuggler's Paradise, Swinging Priest, Crazy Larry, Soft Shoulder, Baker's Dozen, Hell in a Handbasket, Looky Lou with a Bundle of Joy. In Ocean's Thirteen, they do a Reverse Big Store, Billy Martin. The Gilroy, the Brody, Irwin Allen, Susan B. Anthony, a cartwheel. 
Okay, Ryan, it is your so job. Got, they Between got, now, they got significantly worse in Ocean's 13. <laughs> Between now and, and after Glows, it's your job to come up with a list of 10 different heist names for our listeners. Okay. Uh, so th- there are, so one of the reasons that I really enjoy this movie is, is that I think that most of the time, 80% of the time, I think that the script is horrific. I think that it is quick. I think that it is, it is very funny uh, when the team is interacting with each other, uh, for example. Um, there, is, there is one scene where Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts gets caught playing Julia Roberts, where uh, the doctor in the scene, um, after Julia Roberts is caught writing right-handed when she is actually left-handed, says that <laughs> pregnant women become ambidextrous. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. That was very funny. That's what I mean. Like as stupid as it is, that lines like that make it like, all right, I'll, I'll go along with it. It's funny still. Well, I love how how uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is is like, so I'm a cop and no, not a cop, a detective. <laughs> that mm-hmm. distinction is made. Uh, she's like, I, Brad Pitt, I knew it was you who did that thief. I know you're a thief. I, knew, I know you thief the thing, yeah. but you're Brad Pitt. And so like, I still want to date you. Yeah. Could you just stop uh, stealing things so that we could just like the sex is too good to break up. Brad Pitt yeah. can turn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and there is the scene where George Clooney, Brad Pitt and Matt Damon are meeting this guy nicknamed Matsui at the time where they're just saying these nonsensical things about like, uh, I don't know, w- wouldn't every day be Halloween or something if everyone was thankful or whatever the fuck it is. And so, so there, there, and there's a point in this conversation where Matsui says, when I was four years old, I watched my mother kill a spider with a tea cozy. Years later, I realized it was not a spider. It was my uncle. Held. That scene is just great. It's very funny. I laugh at it. How many stars do you give Ocean's 12? Chris? 12 stars. Mm, 33. I'm also not giving you the top end. Of, of the <laughs> there scales. we go. Anyway, do you guys have anything else to say about heist movies, or can we call this episode quits? Well, I was curious if we could talk about um, the best Oceans movie, or are we saving that for Afterglow? That is all for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone.